0: Since the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic, global health systems have been challenged like never before. As time and resources were directed towards responding to the virus, it was the dedication of healthcare workers that kept services running. Amongst the uncertainty, our hardworking Queensland clinicians have continued their pursuit of excellence, innovating and adapting the way they work to ensure consumers always receive the best care possible. To them, the pandemic was an opportunity to learn and grow and to ensure healthcare delivery continues to evolve to the ever-changing landscape. Because if we've learned anything from the last two years, it is that things will always change and our clinicians will always rise to the occasion. The sheer size and distribution of our population will always remain a challenge for the Queensland healthcare system, but with dedication, creative thinking and the integration of new technologies, our clinicians remain at the top of their game and guarantee equitable healthcare, regardless of whether you're in the outback or on the doorstep of our biggest metro hospitals.
1: Thank you very much to Clinical Excellence Queensland for the opportunity to talk on this project which is very close to my heart. A few tongue twisters in there with the physiotherapy paediatric continent service at Queensland Children's Hospital. Lovely called Flushed. I'd like to also acknowledge the traditional owners of this land and pay my respects to the past, present and emerging. So even though it is myself up here, and thank you very much for the introduction, it was very much a team effort for this project. So I was very lovingly supported by the Physiotherapy Department at the Queensland Children's Hospital, as well as our staff specialists, as well as the Townsville University Physio Department also were involved very heavily in this project. We had great funding support from RPOC, which we're very thankful for, and of course a great steering committee, and we couldn't have done it without our lovely patients and their families. So just a little bit of background, because you may not be as familiar as I am when it comes to paediatric continence concerns. So the Continence Foundation of Australia uh, released a report stating constipation occurs in up to 25% of children, and if you've ever met me before, I think this number is actually much higher. About 3% of Australian children will have a poo accident throughout their day today. About 12% of children will have some sort of day wetting accident, and about 1 in 5 children will wet the bed tonight. Now, these numbers may not seem very high, but you've got to remember these very private issues that happen for these kids happen very publicly. And I think we can all remember back when we were in the primary age at school for kids if they ever had a wee or poo accident in the class and that stigma that can stay with that child. When we look at the issues when we started up the service at the Queensland Children's Hospital, the International Childhood Continence Society recommends urotherapy as a first-line treatment... So this is often presented with OTs or physiotherapists, providing a lot of education and support and advice to families, a lot about good bladder bowel habits, education, but this is very scarce across our state to get access to the service. So there were three main issues. So there was very minimal access to care across the state, with the Queensland Children's Hospital being the only physiotherapy public service in the state when we started our service. Due to this poor access, families were having to travel great distances in order to receive care, which ultimately meant they had a lot of time off school, and families needed to take time off work in order to attend these appointments. And there was very inconsistent advice. So for families that might have seen a few different physios or OTs, their GPs and then the specialists, they were receiving lots of conflicting advice depending on where they went, which led to a lot of confusion for the families and then lack of adherence to treatment as well. So, what was our solutions? So, we established a start at Townsville University Hospital, which we were very thankful for them to come on board. We use technology through telehealth to both provide care to our families across the state but also to support the service at Townsville, provide shared care. So there's a picture there of the lovely Sarah Miles, who was our continence physio in Townsville, and then a picture of a family that we were providing a telehealth session to, and that was myself and one of our gastro nurses. So we were even able to combine sessions for this family, which meant they were able to see two specialists at the one time, and you can't quite tell, but he's in his school uniform there. So we were able to do this appointment, and he was still able to get to school on time. We also established a REDCap database. REDCap has been used quite heavily in the research field, but we believe this is the first time clinically patients were given the opportunity to enter their data directly into REDCap. So this REDCap database saved us as clinicians a huge amount of time in that families could sign their consent form online. We could upload our pre and post questionnaires so families could click through and enter their data. And as a therapist, we could easily look at this dashboard and see what had been entered and what was still lacking. So very quick and easy for our patients and also very quick and easy for us as clinicians. We also needed to look at the opportunity to provide education. So that lack or that inconsistency of information that was provided to our families, we needed to address that. So doing a learning needs analysis, we found that we had an overwhelming response from clinicians that were very eager to get more education on continents. So in order to reach as many clinicians as possible, uh, we utilised dig- digital technology in a few different formats. So we did an eight-part Project ECHO series. So for anyone who's been involved, Project ECHO is a fantastic way to offer education to clinicians, and it's an all-teach, all-learn philosophy. So we had an expert panel at Queensland Children's, so myself a physio, we had a general paediatrician and also a surgeon, talking through case studies with a range of clinicians that came all the way from across Australia, as you can see on the map, but even from around the world as well. So it was a very exciting eight-part series. We also did a podcast series that went along with the Project ECHO. So we recorded podcasts with dieticians, with psychologists, with allied health professionals, as well as specialists. So again, it was really exciting to have that opportunity to engage with different specialists and provide that consistency of education across the services. And finally, we did a three-part webinar series. So again, it was with myself and another physiotherapist, Amelia, presented with a general paediatrician, and we, again, to get that consistency of care. We were also able to record this series, which unfortunately you can't do for the ECHO project, and they've now been put onto park for future access for education as well. We had a really great satisfaction report coming through from the clinicians that were able to attend part of our education series with a 97% satisfaction rate, which is very exciting. So what about the clinical outcomes? So when it came to improving that access to care, the first two maps show when we were first starting off our service, we were predominantly only really getting access to care within that lower southeast Queensland. By increasing to a regional site and then also really utilising the use of technology, you can see that expansion of where we were seeing our patients coming in from. The second, the orange and blue bar graph, you can see that increase in our occasions of service every year across our project as well. And we had about a fairly consistent 26% use of telehealth across our site. So if I went back to one of those earlier slides when we talk about urotherapy, a lot being that education, support, consistency of care, a lot of that can be very easily provided via telehealth. So you can see on the the blue side, the the top bar graph, at our Queensland Children's Hospital, we do a huge amount of our care through telehealth. We do use it a lot with other services as well at Queensland Children's, but it's something that's still growing for our adult population as well. So other outcomes. So we use two patient-reported outcome measures... So we had a childhood bladder bowel dysfunction questionnaire which really looked at the clinical aspects, so looking at the scores of how many symptoms they had for both bladder bowel dysfunction prior to having our treatment and then post, and we were very excited to show statistically significant improvements following our physiotherapy intervention. We also used a PEDSQL, which is a patient-reported quality of life outcome measure, which differentiates the quality of life into four different domains: so physical, emotional, social, and school functioning. And if I know it's a bit of a busy slide when it comes up, if you look across for the healthy scores, so at the top of the table, there was domains so they had questioned different population groups, so healthy children, children with diabetes, obesity, end-stage renal, and cancer problems. And you can see from the the healthy score of 83 being a higher score, being a higher quality of life, our incontinence patients started with a very low score pre-treatment, which, again, just really highlights that fact that maybe it's not always huge numbers, but these are really big problems for these children. We were very excited to show as we went across. So, again, you can see the healthy scores, and this was about 2,000 children were questioned to get the healthy score means. Looking at our incontinence pre-scores, so pre-treatment, and then our post-scores. And you can see in the, the total score and the physical health score, we were also able to achieve a statistically significant improvement following physiotherapy intervention. Our other outcomes, we also looked at satisfaction. So our patients and their caregivers reported to be satisfied to very satisfied with our care. Our medical specialists overwhelmingly agreed that we were able to meet the needs of their patients, we improved their access to care, and that we also had the, the staff had the knowledge and experience to see these patients. We also surveyed our GPs that were referring into the service. So, GPs can't directly refer into us, but what we did offer was a primary contact service. So, the GPs might refer to the specialists, where the kids might then sit on a waitlist for 90 to 365 days to wait care, and we offered specialists the chance to copy that referral directly across to physio. So, again, to achieve that faster access to care. So we surveyed the GPs, and again, we had a very high satisfaction stating that it improved their access to care and met the needs of their patients. So in summary, our patients had a substantially lower quality of life, which was quite a surprise. We knew it might be low, but we were still surprised how low it was compared to other cohorts. Our treatments improved those patients' quality of life, as well as their bladder bowel dysfunction. Our patients and clinicians were all very satisfied with our service, and we were successfully able to utilise digital technology to overcome that tyranny of distance, both for providing care, to support a regional site, but also to provide education to clinicians as well. So where to from here? So despite that high satisfaction from the medical specialists, We really struggled still to receive referrals coming through to our service. And I think it really highlights across a lot of primary contact services in particular within allied health. There's that real barrier from the time of the referral and getting the referral translated across to the primary contact service. So definitely more work needs to be done in how to streamline these referrals and getting care as quick to the right people Our webinar series, as I mentioned, has now been uploaded onto RPOC, so it could allow for that ongoing education. And we're hoping to find a similar format for our podcast series as well. And we also want to help to assist other health services to implement a similar paediatric continent service. So we're very lucky to have heard recently that the Sunshine Coast University Hospital, due to attending our ECHO series, was able to identify a lack in their service and have received funding for a two-year project to add physio to their continent service there. And then I think we're doing some questions perhaps at the end of the session, but I couldn't help to have the opportunity to include a good cartoon. And of course, my email's on there. So I'm very happy to be contacted directly or of course, via the app today. Thank you.
0: As always, thank you for listening to our podcast and taking the time to learn about the wonderful work of Queensland's frontline clinicians. To continue the conversation head on over to Facebook and let us know of any pockets of excellence you think deserve to be showcased. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Clinical Excellence Queensland.